Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. And welcome to Copfather. Uh, my name is Craig Rommel. I am the Copfather. And this is our first podcast. What I thought that we should do is I should pretty much explain what the Copfather is, where it came from, who I am. A lot of you are going to know who I am, but many of you will not know the background and why I am doing this podcast going forward. I was a police officer with the Toronto Police Service. I actually joined the service when I was 18. After being a cadet, I became a sworn police officer and I was thrown right to the wolves. I started down in 51 Division, the, the notorious 51, known as Fort Apache, Americanized uh, division, very tiny in size, but extremely busy, uh, a very violent division. But I got quickly learned through you know real loyalty and trust among your other officers. You had to work together, teamwork, all that. And it, it was bedded in my mind, everything I did really for the rest of my life when it comes to loyalty. I worked with some incredible people who have been lifelong friends, uh, police officers. Most of them are now retired, like myself, from the service. And because of what we're up against down there, it was a place that was pretty much the officers were on their own. It was a very controversial place. And we learned to uh, work together and trust each other, and that led to everything else. And eventually, after time, 1997, I became the president of the Toronto Police Association, which is the union of Toronto Police Service. Uh, 8,000 members at the time, about 5,500 sworn police, police officers, the rest civilians. And I really pretty much took into the boardroom with uh, the TPA uh, my style working on the streets and was a very controversial time. Six years I was the president of the association. I believed in protecting police officers and their rights. Really more than um, anybody else we're up against. I believed that at the time police officers were very much up against it to the point where we had to... uh, protect ourselves, and I I really wanted to get that across to my members, to the media, to all the decision makers that came to uh, where we were involved in, whether it was a city hall or provincial or federal politics. And it really led to the name Copfather, the Copfather term, which was given to me, came through the media for a number of reasons, uh, mainly because of my style in protecting police officers. It was as simple as that. Never made any apologies about it. This is all well documented, if you Googled my name, about what we went through back then and and pretty much led to what I have today. After my retirement, I had a big bucket list. I felt I had accomplished everything uh, in protecting police officers at the time, and I really wanted to go in different directions in my life, my personal life. Uh, Bucket list was radio show. I ended up with a radio show on AM640, originally called The Beat, and it turned into The Craig Bermel Show. I'd done that for three years, and after that, during that time, uh, I was approached by CTV and in, in, uh, a network in Canada and CBS in the states, and they wanted to do a, 
a TV show, a drama about my life during the six years of the controversy. That led to a show called The Bridge. Uh, the Bridge was something that was a, a phenomenal experience in my life on many fronts. I, get to, I got to know a whole new group of friends, professional, loyal people again. It was an industry, uh, not just through television, but with radio. Uh, I got very lucky. And a, a lot of what I've done now is luck, the right place at the right time. And, uh, and it just led to other things uh, moving forward up to today. And it's led me to a new group of friends. And somebody that's going to be helping us on the show is Mr. Dennis Cormelis. And Dennis has been with me for 15 years now. He's been a loyal lieutenant, true friend, incredible family man with his wife, Danny, and his two kids. But Dennis has been with me uh, through everything that we've done since I left the presidency of the uh, TPA. We, he's written my book, The Cop Father. Uh, he was involved in creating and one of the head writers with The Bridge, which is, you know, it's a huge trophy for him. You know, huge network. The show went to 47 countries around the world. Great writer. But more than anything, he was very loyal to me, and we've experienced a number of uh, things with Hollywood, Burbank. uh, We're going to talk about it during the podcast. The podcast is, you know, mainly about law enforcement and the frontline personnel. I don't really care about the brass, the decision makers. I still worry about the frontline personnel and where they're going with this in the world we live in now. Dennis has witnessed it. He's seen it. And I didn't want anybody else but Dennis to co-host me uh, with uh, our podcast here. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun because we're going to talk about other things that we've experienced. Some of it well-documented, some not. And we're, we're going to have a lot of laughs. And I just thought maybe we, I should explain to you some of my beliefs moving forward because there's been a lot of things written about me that um, is not true. Uh, I'm, I'm all for gay rights. Same-sex marriages. I believe in cannabis, both recreational and medicinal now. I've seen on the medicinal side how it can help people. I truly believe in that. I believe in all lives matter. I don't care what color, sex. I believe everybody is important in society, but including police lives. And I think once we can either balance it out and make it so that it's fair for everybody, including police officers, Because when the headline comes up with one officer that, you know, being human and a police officer, we're not perfect, we're not machines, but you can't paint the other 99% of law enforcement. This is anywhere with the same brush. You know, every given day, thousands of times, people are still calling police for help. And this is from all communities. And the officers are showing up. They're the first ones in to help you. They don't ask what color or sex you are or where you're from. They will show up and they will try to protect you. And this is over and over again. And one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast was to make sure that message has to get out there because it doesn't seem like anybody else is doing it. And I think there's a platform for this. There's a platform for the heroes out there, police officers. I'm in no way for any dirty cop. When I was running the union, I was responsible for getting rid of a couple of dirty cops, which I don't think the job was tough enough as it was. And I think it was important to get rid of the bad apples if we could. Saying all that, I am a conservative or a Republican, but I'm very anti-Trump, and I want to explain that. 
I thought Trump was 2016 was going to be great for law enforcement. I didn't really care about anything else. I just thought he was going to be good for law enforcement. But this latest fiasco with the Capitol in January this year really turned me because I saw what he did. And I don't think this guy should ever be the president again. I think he should have gone to jail. I think the Proud Boys are a disgrace. I go even further. I think I truly believe if there's any Proud Boys in law enforcement, we should remove them. We don't need that. We have too many good people that are doing their jobs out there without this sideshow going on. And I really truly believe uh, somebody that Trump in the long run was not good. When he gave his little speech and then we end up with several police officers at the Capitol injured, I really thought that was enough. And I think in time you're allowed to change your mind. You're You're allowed to change your opinion through experience of life. And he was a mistake. There's no doubt the economy, all that was well. I think it would have gone well anyways, no matter who was in power. But his this final straw, I do. I hope he does get impeached. I don't think he should come back. And I really, truly, in the long run, I think it was a disgrace. And I'm telling you all this so you know where my feelings are. No matter how hard I go in protecting the frontline personnel moving forward with all our podcasts, that I do have opinions. And I think it's important that Instead of people guessing what I think, then I'm going to tell you what I think. I've had a great opportunity in my life. I've had a supporting wife all along who to this day is supporting me. My kids, uh, my oldest son, Adam, I support him because he's given me two amazing grandchildren. And I just want to be the best grandpa I can be with them. Uh, both my sons, Alex and Christopher, I work with on other ventures I have on the go. And I got a great opportunity now to work with my daughter, Maddie, who will be directing and producing the podcast. And I look forward to that. So I've been lucky there. I've been lucky to where I am able to work with my family. And not just because of what's going on with the virus, but it's it's been going on long before that. And I think it's important that uh, obviously we take care of our families, especially during this time. And I've had a great opportunity to be able to work with them, uh, you know, professionally and, and, and help them along. So... Family is very important to me. Personal family is very important. But I'm going to go back to this all the time. And so is the cop family. And I had a family that I, I, I had a very honorable job of protecting all the good men and women of the police service. What we did in Toronto, help police officers everywhere. Um, I've heard from everybody. I've heard from different agencies. I keep hearing from police officers that are hurting now. They are a targeted group. They, they're feeling it. Uh, they don't get a chance, you know, if an officer hits a headline regarding something that he or she does, it affects every police officer that's driving that police car around. And that's the frontline personnel. I care about the officers that are behind the desk, that are not on the street, but the backbone of any police service out there, and this is anywhere, is that that officer you see driving around in the police car or on a bike or walking a beat, they're the most important people out there and not enough people. Some of the associations I include in this, the brass, politicians, media, are not protecting those people that just want to do their jobs. So this show is going to talk about the common sense about that. It's going to talk about the reality of what's going on out there. You're not always going to agree with me. I don't expect you to agree with me. But you're going to get the truth. You're going to get honesty. And we're going to make sure that you, you, you're not going to second guess what I'm going to say. We're going to have a lot of guests on here, We're on both sides of the equation. Uh, a lot of people have approached want to come on the podcast already. And in time, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about both sides. We're going to debate it in a professional way.
I hate grandstanders. I do not like people that grandstand on the back of law enforcement, whether they're politicians, media. Anti-police is a multi-billion dollar industry in North America. People make a lot of money on the back of being anti-police, whether it's extra advertising, uh, government grants that are given out, and it's on the back of 100% of law enforcement when 99% of them are really good people. They're people you want to show up when you're in trouble. Somebody's breaking into your house and you're not home and your wife and kids are home. You want these people showing up. <clears throat> I'm very much against defunding for that reason alone. The, the magnitude of defunding in any way of any police organization anywhere, we're all going to suffer for it. At the same time, I believe in putting things in place through government agencies to help certain communities to give them a chance to get away from the gangs. I can speak on Toronto in the States. Gun violence is at its highest right now. It's really disgusting. We have children being shot still. It's not on page one. We're not seeing it. There's not enough care about there. there the, the balancing act, and this is even with the virus on. There's other things going on. I believe the virus is going to take care of itself in the long term if we're all smart about it and common sense. But there's so much more going on out there when it comes to crime, uh, the shootings, the drug trade, and I am very prejudiced toward criminals. I don't care who you are, what color you are. I don't like criminals. I don't like people that take advantage of the vulnerable. And I think that we, somebody has to step up and make sure that they're not forgotten. And that's really the focus of the podcast. With everything else I've done, I'm involved in construction now. I'm involved in elevators. I'm involved in a lot of things. But it always comes back to the frontline personnel. And this is pretty much anywhere. And I keep in contact with a lot of police officers. The officers are on the street who are suffering. They're suffering mental health. They're suffering physically. Uh, and again, they're only human. They're not robots. They're not what you think. And when the headline hits be something that happened hundreds of miles away, it impacts everybody. And it impacts them because of the way certain people grandstand. And I believe in keeping those people honest. Are you going to make changes because it's going to help your political career? Or are you making the right changes that's going to help society? I hear talk over and over again about how we're going to put things in place, more jobs, more uh, community centers. But that's not solving the problem right now. And I really want to talk about during the podcast in time about what we're going to do now to stop the shootings, the violence, the drugs, the mental health side of this. I believe police officers should never I've been involved in mental health calls. I was on the street with a huge mental health problem, working in 51 Division, Fort Apache. Homelessness, drugs, mental health. I was never trained on mental health. I didn't know what to do. I was guessing when I showed up when somebody was suffering, taken to the hospital. So I don't believe police officers should be doing it. I don't think they should be the first line. Put the professionals out there. Give them the proper training. Have officers take care instead of taking care of that. Example, in Toronto, there's 30,000 calls a year on mental health, Those, all that time, tens of thousands of hours could be now directed toward gun crime, uh, prostitution, human trafficking. There's so many other priorities that are being forgotten right now. And if you want to take mental health away, take it away. But allow, don't have it affect the budget in any way and allow the police officers to go do their job and take care of the criminals. And the criminals, no matter which community they're from, what color they are, what sex they are, it doesn't matter. A criminal is a criminal. So we have to take care of things in the meantime and build the community centers and build the jobs, but 
we have to take a priority as to what we do right now, whether that means the courts, officers having certain powers. I truly believe that carding was a disaster taking it away. If I was a bad guy, knowing I'm not going to get stopped, I'm going to carry a gun because there's somebody else out there. So I have to, you know, if there's somebody out after me with a gun, I'm going to carry a gun. And why would you not carry a gun now in the street? If you have, if your mentality's criminal of some kind, whether it's through human trafficking, and I'm just not talking gangs here. You want to rob a bank. Why would you not carry a gun to the bank? Cause you know, you're not going to get stopped. It's been a complete disaster. There has to be a halfway measures to give the officers back to street checks where they can properly do it without being accused of being racist of any kind. Cause this is for all communities. This is not just for the black community. This is all communities. And that, that taking away has been, and we see it now, the disaster of the amount of violence on the streets now. It doesn't seem like it's a priority. It should be a priority. And on the podcast, we're gonna to try to make it a priority. Whether it was radio, television, movies, documentaries, I had a bucket list doing during all that. And I have a bu- bucket list now of doing the Cop Father podcast. I hope you join us. We're going to have a very professional debate about many issues and it comes down to common sense, reality, and really being honest about issues, whether you like to hear it or not. And that's what Cop Father podcast is going to be about. <music> You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.